it's inevitable that your culture is going to dive here and there. You can't stop it. But what you can stop is is finding the source of why the culture is dying and fixing it super fast. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We are not sitting on stuff. What's going on, guys? I'm Chris, owner of Swamp Rabbit Moving, and I got my co-host uh, Ray Mack with Mack of All Trades and the Damien Hall Group. Today we got a special guest, Chef Mike with White Wine and Butter. Chef Mike, how you doing, brother? I'm doing good, bro. How y'all feeling? Good, doing good, good, man. Thanks for coming on. Thank you. So, what? Tell me a little bit about what you got going on right now. What What got you into like the restaurant in, or the service industry, and and you know what do, What do you got cooking up right now? Oh man, we seen a, we seen a need for the market, and right now. If you've been following us, you know we got the restaurant, we have our catering, we have private dining, and we just opened a venue in uh, West Greenville. So that's that's getting ready to jump off real soon and working on uh, getting our own commissary kitchen because we need that. Wow. Nice. How long have you been out on your own as like an entrepreneur, Chef? Um, Probably like the last three and a half years okay. or I don't know where are we at now what what happened like after COVID to see what so that's about three years yeah <laughs> okay yeah, yeah. yeah like is... like COVID kind of helped create okay. this so that's that's where we at right now nice. um yeah me and my wife we got together and you know did the whole American dream like buy a house and open a restaurant and get married at the same time like wow yeah that's awesome the rest, restaurant <laughs> industry, like I'll always hear I don't know if it's true or not because I'm not in the restaurant industry but I hear it's such a tough industry to like oh. stay alive and like it's not for everybody you, yeah. you gotta you gotta be built for it um it's definitely like you gotta be a strong breed for it or whatever and you you have a lot of people who just have money and open restaurants because that's what you you do you're a celebrity or you got money you open a restaurant you and can slap do that. your name on it yeah. yeah um but it's it's a lot different for somebody where it's your passion it's what you love it's what you do and um it's an art you for sure it. what were you doing before um so you started out with catering right um, yeah. Yeah. What were you doing before you started out doing catering? Uh, making money for other people. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, 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 let me rephrase that. Like I, I work for a lot of other people. Yeah. Um, you know, working your way up the ranks after finishing culinary school and, you know, uh, quick service restaurants, um, hotels, like five, five diamond hotel, which I, I really enjoy working at the Westin. Um, and then, you know, like taking on, uh, lead positions like sous chef. I took a sous, a sous chef position like really young, and that was cool. Uh, a learning experience. Uh, I took that took that really quick, and uh, went back home a little bit. You know, because I thought you were ready for the world, so you move out. You come to the big city of Greenville, and you get humbled, and then you gotta go back home for a little bit, <laughs> yeah. regroup, and um, came back here and saw opportunities here. And I fell in love with country clubs because I was that whole restaurant thing of working till midnight or two o'clock in the morning. I never really liked that. Mm-hmm. That was never really my thing. I wanted to have a life. I wanted to have, you know, friends and family. And I, I missed a lot of that growing up, um, growing up. I missed a lot of that coming up in like restaurants and stuff like that. So everybody's birthday. I missed everybody's birthday. We miss all the holidays because we're working yeah. Christmas, Thanksgiving, all those things like that. But just being able to come back and get the opportunity to open my own thing and uh, build those company morals and those those company guidelines of like this is what we do and this is what we want to do. These are our hours. This is when we're open. This is when we're closed. So 
That's yeah, setting cool. those guidelines. So let's back up. So you said that you uh, started and COVID helped build your restaurant. Mm-hmm. Well, that's kind of like the opposite of what really happened for most restaurants. So how were you able to open a restaurant during COVID whenever everybody else was shutting down? I mean, kind of like think about it, like the stock market and stuff like that. When everybody is like selling, um, you know, people are it's buying. It's a good time to buy. Yeah. 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 So that was a good time for us to buy. Um, we took advantage of the situation. We didn't just lay down. Um, the unique situation about that when I was at the country club uh, about over well over half of my staff you know in the kitchen it was just like yeah i'm gonna go home and i'm gonna be safe and get this check and uh you know as the executive chef you know me and my brother and uh we had our dishwasher he stayed back and helped too uh we basically ran the whole club by ourselves, and uh it was it was that was a touching point where we looked at each other one time we're just pumping out so much food and we was like man we can definitely be doing this for ourselves yeah like we can definitely do this ourselves um we're just here making everybody else money following everybody else's rules and doing things their way and cooking their recipes yeah yeah like and we we have the talent we can do it ourselves and you know my wife is really the glue to all that like because she she's the one who set me down a long time ago and she was like bro you know how much you made you know you know how much you made this month and how many hours you work and i'm like i'm looking at the hours i work and then looking at the salary i'm like oh that's tough that's tough so Cool. So that's cool that inspired you to kind of turn that around. Now, what are some of the hardest things you dealt with trying to open the restaurant? I know uh, from when I met you, you were dealing with construction over a year trying to get this place open. Delays. Yeah. Construction. Um, If there's a date that somebody says something's going to open, man, you might as well go ahead and add about a few months on top of that or more. Like easily add add some months on top of that. Um, But it's good, man. It's, it's good learning. Um, it's it's like doing reps or whatever like so we've already been through that and we are you know well ahead of the curve now when we start talking about you know building something else or next ventures or what we're going to come up with next so we're we're like way ahead of the curve like that was a struggle um dealing with the construction uh staffing like at first we were staffed like we we man we had people lined up ready to go like sending in resumes um reaching out to us before you were even open yeah reaching out to us on facebook instagram because it's like now i I see what you're doing i like it we want we want to work with you that's good things like that and like the ones who held on like man we appreciate we appreciate the ones who held on um we ended up losing a few people because it took too long um some people had to make decisions that was best for you know their self and their family and i i never fought them for that um but i really appreciate the people who held on and just like nah man we here with you like we understand what's going on we see the vision and we want to be a part of it that's cool and like I mean, our company's nothing without our core. So yeah, sure. that that core group of people who helped us open and are still with us, like those are the ones. Like that's that's what you do it. For. That's what you do it for. Yeah, sure. for sure. What did it look like once you decided? Like, what were the first couple steps you took once, like working in that kitchen, realizing you wanted to go out on your own? What was your next like few steps to to actually pursue that dream? Yeah, like what does it take to open a restaurant? Well, before before that, I had. I was doing catering and you know, like how people just started, like if you're a handyman or something, you just go to your aunt's house, your cousin's house or something like that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. A little side job. So that's, that's really what the catering was. One of my first caterings I did, um, was a a wedding for 300 people. And I did it by my, I did it by myself. And like, I got there, everybody was like freaking out. Like, where's the staff? Where's where's everybody at? And I was like, it's a buffet. I just got to cook the food food and put it out. out." They was like, (laughs) 
But people come here all the time and they got like 12 people and trucks and all that stuff. Man, I, I had my, I didn't even have my Jeep at the time. I had my Mustang. Yeah. So I have a 300 person catering in my Mustang. <laughs> and, and hey, hold I, on, Chef Mike's got this calm. Bro. Yeah, yeah. 12 people. I mean, that sounds yeah. like they're just racking up the bill. Yeah. Man. Um. So like, yeah, that's, that's like where I started. Like, it, it's just my experience from working in so many places and, um, seeing other people fail, learning from their mistakes, learning from my mistakes, more importantly. And it's just like execution. So um, my brother, well, I work with him now, uh, Chef Savalas, he he told me a long time ago, he's like, man, if I was your age, I'll have life by the balls. And he was like, you need to get your LLC. You need to be doing this. You need to get insurance and all that stuff. And, you know, way back then, as a, as a young, I was young back then, I was like, oh, man, I'm kind of cool just doing this, making this consistent check at the country club and doing all that. I'm okay with it. Um, but the more and more you start seeing how much work you're doing for other people and then, like, finding my wife and she's, like, pushing you and pushing me, like, yeah. sure, and, like, showing a light on me or whatever like look dude like you're talented you can do this and she comes from a successful family like multiple people in her family have you know owned their own businesses ran their own businesses and that was new for me you know to see that to see that it's possible that you can do that um so that process was awesome i watched my sister buy her first house and like i didn't think i could buy a house and things like that so i started <laughs> seeing things happen and i was like man i can do this and you know we started we started putting the work together like um, we need to start working our way out of out of the country club. Um, what's our next steps? We can't play too safe. Like you got to jump off the porch and we, we had to jump off the porch and COVID was that perfect opportunity. Um, when when that when that arrived, we, we took that opportunity and it was just like, hey, um, let's do it. We'll get some loans. We'll figure it out. We're going to be in a little bit of debt. And I asked her, I said, what's the worst thing that can happen? And she was like, you just file for bankruptcy. And I was like, oh, that's it? Yeah. Okay. That's why I tell my wife all the time. Just Donald Trump it. I'll just start over. You just start yeah. over. Like, what's yeah, the worst that can happen? So, I mean, you, you got to invest in yourself. And, for sure. And yeah. that's what it was. It was investing in yourself, believing in ourselves. And I was like, man, I've been doing this so long for everybody else. Like, I know how to put menus together. I know how to cook a steak. Yeah. Um, it's the it's more of the financial side of it yeah. or whatever and that's why like me and my wife being a two-headed monster that was like the deal breaker like she could she could handle a lot of the back end stuff i could be the front facing that's great. and i can do all the labor and, and, and bring home the bacon so yeah, that's like, great because yeah. restaurants are tough man they yeah. like their your numbers are like down to a lot. penny of knowing yeah. every single thing that comes through the yeah. food costs the labor costs i mean you're working on thin margins yeah and you're yeah. yeah and you're working with like pennies on everything so that just just knowing everything like that is pretty tough to stay in front of like that's what i think would be the hardest part about running a restaurant in my opinion like yeah what inspired the name White Wine and Butter and in, in, yeah, in, in the Cajun like Creole style cooking? Um, so White Wine and Butter, I knew I knew a long time ago. This is back in culinary school. Uh, man, we're in culinary school. We're learning we're learning the mother sauces and stuff. Yeah. So like your your bechamels, your tomato sauces, and all those things, hollandaise, and we started we started working on like the White Wine Butter sauce and. Man, when I tell you from that day when we were working on those sauces, like I was going home, I was staying with my sister at the time up here in Greenville. I was going home every day making white wine butter sauces and putting it over salmon, <laughs> putting it over shrimp, putting it over chicken. And like I am, I'm like 
19 or 20 or something like that so i can't i can't buy wine so my sister <laughs> has to buy the wine for me or whatever i'm not drinking it i, I need yeah, to yeah. cook with like yeah. I, I thought that was so stupid like to be a chef or inspiring chef and like i have to buy this stupid cooking wine yeah. with the little stupid grapes on the front of it or whatever in in, in the um, sauce section so obviously real wine tastes better than that wine yeah sure um yeah. <laughs> So it was the art of the sauce, and I just fell in love with the emulsification of taking that butter and melting it down, adding some shallots and the white wine and a splash of cream and stuff like that, just making the white it's wine butter how sauce. simple it is and yeah. but what it creates. Yeah, and you flambe it, catch it yeah. on fire. Ooh, uh, <laughs> um, I, I fell in love with that. So I, I just remember sitting... I watched the movie uh, Chef. Um, it was like a, a chef movie or whatever. And I, I fell in love with it. And uh, I was very passionate about that movie. I cried at the end of it because I was so happy for him. Like, I understand. I get it. You worked this hard to get your own thing. And you finally got it at the end. Um, I fell in love with it. And I was like, right after that movie, I immediately um, pulled out my notebook. And I was like, I got I to gotta start doing stuff. Um, it took a little bit later after that before we got to White Wine and Butter. But the first thing I said would be White Wine and Butter is going to be the name because I love those ingredients. That's like one of the things that helped me fall in love with, like helped me re-fall in love with food. Sure. Um, it's an amazing name. I mean, Butter it rolls Gang. perfectly. Yeah. Yeah. Hashtag Butter Gang. Yeah. Butter Gang. <laughs> <laughs> Now what 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 inspired the, the like the Cajun cooking? Oh, that's my wife. That's all my yeah. wife. Um and that's is that's just the restaurant, right? Like your catering does all all yeah, types I, of food. Our catering is limitless. We yeah. okay. we do everything in, in in our catering. Um there's no limits on our catering. Um I've I've did quite a bit of training. Um I will say some of the best culinary education I got was traveling to New Orleans. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um just getting down to New Orleans, and I say this all the time, one of the first places we stopped was a gas station right before you cross, like, one of these big bridges going over there. And I, I had boudin. Um, it was best best thing I ever had. And I was like, why is this so good? And it's at a gas station. I, I, couldn't, I couldn't wrap my head around it. Like, yeah. why is this so good? I spent a lot of time trying to figure out or try to try to taste something. I was like, it's not going to be that good. It won't be that good. And I'm trying to find things wrong with it. I couldn't. Right. Everything was good. Yeah. Everything was good. So my, my wife being from New Orleans, um, she set me up with a lot of chefs down there. Her her um, stepdad used to be a server at um, uh, Clancy's a restaurant down in uh, down in New Orleans. So I got a stodge down there. I worked down there for a few days, um, got to see their kitchen. I mean, the kitchen is small, like a lot of places like that. The kitchens are small. They're like old houses that they've turned into restaurants. Hmm. I mean, it's so cool. It's like yeah. it's mind blowing, like how cool it is down there. Um, and just to see like the culture um more importantly, I, I got to go work in kitchens with with like old mamas. So like older ladies in the kitchen, they're whipping up gumbo, they're making sauces. And, you know, me, I'm a chef. I think I can do this and do that. I tried to stir one sauce and it wasn't time to stir and I got my hand slapped. <laughs> and she was like, what you doing? Dad? We, we, we don't do it like that, baby. Don't don't do that or whatever. And I was like, OK. And that, that was a struggle for me and my wife um, because 
she would make stuff and then I, I would try to make it too and she was like you can't do it that way and I was like why can't I do it that way like this makes more sense she was like it's not Cajun if you do it that way you know <laughs> you have to do it this way and they're so strict about it like you have to do it that way huh. so I had to find a, a healthy balance between um doing it with all you know all my education and all my training combined with what I learned down in New Orleans and it's just like a big melting pot cool. um so the Cajun stuff it, it really comes from New Orleans and uh, we saw a niche for it in in uh, the community of Greer and we wanted to take advantage of that because nobody was really offering authentic true Cajun food sure um, and, including myself uh, I thought that I knew how to make gumbo. I thought I knew how to make roux. I thought I knew how to make etouffees, all that stuff. And I'm looking at recipes from New York Times. Uh, me thinking that's how you make Cajun food, and that's completely opposite of how you make Cajun food. Hmm. It's a love. It's it's a love, and it takes a lot of time. So oh, yeah. Well, I'm glad. I'm glad she inspired you because that shit yeah. is delicious. Thank you, bro. <laughs> um, <laughs> I haven't been yet. I'm I'm kind of like you upset. No, man. Road. We were supposed to go. We were supposed to go, and you guys were closing on a Monday. I didn't yeah, realize. That's Monday. That's family day. We were driving there, and I was like. Uh, my girlfriend's like, wow, I'm looking so forward to the fries, the voodoo fries. And yeah. then all of a sudden I'm like, are they even open? And she nah. looked and I was like. That whole <laughs> place is pretty much shut down on Monday, right? There's uh, like two of yeah. them open. They, they've changed some stuff. Yeah. Um, some people some people are open up on Mondays or okay. whatever. Um, yeah. We play, we danced around the ideal of, you know, like we had no data going into it. Um, yeah, we, yeah. We've been open about six and a half months now. We had okay. no data. Um, we started off seven days a week. And real quick was like, yeah, figuring uh, it out. Yeah. I, I need a day. I need a day off. Yeah, sure. Um, for sure. And um, we, we danced around the ideal of like maybe having like some grab and go stuff for the people who want to come in on Mondays mm. um, in partnership with the the Trade Street Tap Room right next to us. We're like, hey, if you guys want to offer some sandwiches while we're not here. But now we're, we're kind of like in there prepping and stuff like that. So we have the schedule set up like we might be closed on Monday, but I have like one of one of um, one of the butter game members in there doing some prep on a Monday and so we can just get ahead of the curve. Yeah. yeah. And if people come in all the time, are y'all open? Are y'all open? I mean, it was packed. Like, I've done it like twice. <laughs> yeah. I think like, I've walked there twice and you've been, you've been in there like either working. Just I'm on the laptop, man. Yeah, on the laptop. <laughs> I'm trying to get ready for Tuesday. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I hear and that. it makes sense because I mean like, and hopefully it worked out to where like Monday is like your lowest driving revenue day, yeah. right? Because yeah. sometimes it doesn't even make sense to be open. Like you no. don't even make money, you're losing money. Yeah, yeah sure. so why not just go it ahead? It costs and take more the day to be off? open yeah. than it is. Yeah, I feel like that's most restaurants in Greenville are like mm -hmm. that anyway. Yeah. 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 So in six months, I mean, what, what's your what's one of the hardest things that you've had to go through? I mean. Just getting, not having a game plan, trying to figure that out the whole time? Oh, yeah, man. Um, July. Like, what the hell? Like, July whooped our ass. And, like, you know, I'm mad enough to say it. Like, July whooped us. Um, it <laughs> like was scary. slow? It was scary. Um, and like, we're, we're looking around, and we're seeing the other restaurants. Um, thank goodness we have really good mentors. Um, a few of the restaurant owners in the area and around Greenville, Greer area, um, we realized that they were closed. They closed down like a couple weeks or so in July. They closed. They take some time off in January. And um, we we didn't really do that because, you know, we're trying to collect the data. And yeah, um, just open. We did. We did do well on like the 4th of July because everybody like everybody was pretty much closed on 4th of July. So we did. We did pretty well on that. Um, but. I would have never guessed July is a man. I, yeah. That I makes guess sense. like everybody's yeah. on vacation and then like. A lot of people are conditioned that nothing's really going to be open, and you know we're just in there. Yeah, <laughs> wow. Yeah. Well, even in the moving industry, like 
um, like July is typically it's not slow, but it's typically the slowest month mm-hmm. during busy season. Huh. Mm-hmm. I never um, really thought about that. But it makes sense. Everybody's going to vacation before yeah. August hits, um, or they, yeah. And we're and we're mom and pop too. Like we're not a corporation at all. Like yeah. we're not corporate. At you know, spend their large marketing dollars. No, yeah, yeah. no. So like yeah. you know, we we had to make those adjustments, and you have to keep your staff motivated. Um, you know, people are looking around like, hey, is this going to pick up? Like, this is, like, really slow in here or whatever. I'm like, well, you're still getting paid. Um, yeah, you're still going to get your check. We're going to always make sure you get paid. Like, that's, sure. that's like, one of the things I dealt with working for other people was that um, sometimes I sacrifice, like, I'll get paid a day or two late to make sure, um, as an executive chef working for somebody, yeah. I'll get paid a day or two late to make sure the rest of my staff got paid. Because that's, as a leader, you know, I'll survive. I'll survive two days. But you got like a few kids. You mm-hmm. got to go to basketball practice and th- things like that. Like, y'all make sure they're good. Then yeah. you can pay me. Um, but that's one thing we did make sure that we take care of our people. Like, we'll, nice. you'll be taken care of. That's nice. I keep hearing you uh, talk about like your core team and stuff. Like, mm-hmm. do you think you're doing anything that is different than the typical restaurant industry as far as taking care of your staff? And if so, how do you think it's like benefiting white wine and butter essentially as a brand? A hundred percent. You got to invest in your people. Um, we're, we're nothing without our people. We we have big plans to do things. We do things different. Like one of yeah. one of the very important things I wanted to do was uh, family meals. Um, and if you watch any cooking shows on TV or something like that or whatever, they'll they'll hand at doing like family meals and stuff like that. the The main thing I want to do is just like show them that hey. Um, so often we're just scarfing down food, you know, for a few minutes, like eating out of court containers, eating out of boats. If you're lucky. Yeah. yeah. And and like you're sitting on a you're sitting on a, a milk crate, you're you're hovering over a trash can or you're in a corner just like trying to trying to shovel some food down. And so I'm very intentional like with the scheduling. Um I care about my people. Like if, if I know you have to be at school at a certain time, or I know you got to take the kids to school, things like that. Like I try to put like a time in there where you can, you know, you got enough time to do that. If you work another job, you got at least an hour, hour and a half. You're not, not leaving one job at four o'clock and then coming to this job at five o'clock. Yeah. Yeah. Like take a minute, give you you a little breather in between and we'll figure it out on the inside. But we did, we did family meal. That was one of the first things we did. And, um, I brought in like a leg of lamb. We brought in some of our other chef friends. They came and had dinner with us and, um, we ate off real plates. I prepared everything and you know we just went around and was like hey let's talk like what's up tell me how you feel um how's how's life going how's everything doing uh, um how how's your family doing and things like that and it, it gets real you know like i want people to open up and talk about their feelings and it things shows like the, that. the love that you yeah. have for your people it, it shows business. that i actually care about people yeah. and and um you know, just just we we pour into them. Um, yeah, that's awesome. And future plans are bringing in um, like uh, financial people to talk financial literacy. Um, we plan to do like maybe stay home retreats or once we get to a certain point, we want we want to take them down to New Orleans and you know show them the culture and stuff down there or whatever. Because uh, I brought a lot of it with me when I trained down there, so everything, yeah. uh, literally everything that I know down there. Um, I learned from a chef, like, don't, don't try to keep stuff to yourself. Like, for sure. like 
show people how you're only going to be as good as that so like i show a lot of people like everything i've learned down there and things like that so we, we like to take care of our people